We're going to come straight in because I have a very special guest. It's his return visit to the studio. The uh, the first time you came, it was so good because we could just battle it out. Um, it's a pol- I, Politics is intense. It's exhausting. So I'm so thankful that you have joined us once again. Dismas Mokua back in studio. Dismas, welcome. Happy Christmas or happy whatever's to you. How have you been? <laughs> I'm okay. I cannot complain. Thanks a lot for the invitation. Of course, Dismas. <laughs> now, um, PK, you say, no, Davina, DP Gashago recognizes and admits his limitations and calls them out himself because it's a matter of time before Kenyans do it. True. The DP is being authentic, a rare quality in leaders, especially political ones. He's asking for help. We all knew he would need it. He's taking good consult. <laughs> Interesting, PK. Interesting. Fair. Um, I, I I mentioned this. Um, Dismas, uh, the deputy president, said that uh, it publicly said, "I need help. I uh, get confused, and uh, I don't. I, the job you've given me is sometimes hard." I feel like he was playing to the crowd. I feel like uh, someone in his position shouldn't be saying those things outwardly and publicly. Fine. Get some help. Uh, we'll do, uh, you know, we'll do online, free online courses and everything like that. But I just, I, I, I don't know. It, it doesn't sit well with me. What do you think? Well, you know, for the deputy president, uh, Mr. Gashagwa, I think he's still on uh, a transition. And he loves to engage with uh, all his audiences at uh, one go. So like for yesterday, he was addressing uh, multiple audiences. So there's an audience that he wanted to engage with. I guess that's the reason why he spoke about uh, education. That when he gets into a room with the president with uh, three degrees, with uh, the CSO interior, another three degrees, a professor of law, and then with him with only a bachelor's degree, that uh, the conversations may be overwhelming. But our constitution is very clear that uh, to be a president, you just need uh, a bachelor's uh, degree. And in my view... He takes the debate to the next level. That who is actually a leader, and what is the role of uh, leadership? What are you supposed to do as a leader? Now, practitioners as well as uh, people in academia have been struggling with that definition, and there's no single definition of uh, leadership. But in my understanding, a leader is somebody who has a capacity to understand where do you want the nation to go. Now, like for instance, uh, Kenya, then you align financial resources as well as human resources to attain those objectives. Now, if you've got capacity to do those, then you don't even need uh, a degree. In, in in my view, what a degree does, outside uh, opening up your thinking capacity, it gives you confidence to face uh, people. Because we've had this conversation times above number, that are all governors in Kenya required to have uh, bachelor's degrees, and then you were told that it's going to guarantee positive outcomes. The converse is actually the case. But Dismas, yeah. no, I, I completely I completely agree that a degree is a piece of paper that gives you the confidence to go out in the world. That's been the case for me. But I will say this. A tout in a matatu is a leader, right? He directs traffic. He takes cash. He manages finances. He organizes things. He negotiates with the driver and the passengers. That's a leader. If I want a leader of a country, I want them to have a certain expertise in a field. That's a leader. Yeah, outside that capacity, outside having that expertise, they must also have the ability or capacity to understand complicated issues, mm. have a global understanding of issues. Like, for instance, you've indicated that uh, if you've got these tautus who's been managing uh, Matatu, say, on number 23 or 58 for the last 10 years, uh. and from uh, who started off as a tout, 
and because of uh, some inherent skills mm. he now owns uh, three matatus 10 years later such kind of a person if you give him uh, degree level capacity in my view he can deliver very well but we must encourage people at whatever cost mm. please go to school have your bachelor's degree <clears throat> if you need a, a master's please get it because outside giving you that confidence to, to meet you, you know an interesting thing about the catholic church is uh, for you to become a priest you need a bachelor's in theology and a bachelor's in philosophy what it does to a normal catholic priest it gives them confidence to face any audience or any congregation like for instance can you imagine you are the chaplain at the university of nairobi or a strathmore university without any academic qualifications and part of your congregation is um, students bachelors masters phd holder how would you face them so okay i, I think we're going to stay away from religion this must i know you love to stir you put that wooden st- wooden spoon down i'm not going to come into that but i will say this i th- i found it ironic that uh, these two men are at were at on wednesday the um official opening of the national police leadership academy at ngong kajedo county and they were talking about degrees and education it begs the question, this year has been a horrendous year for tertiary uh, education. Um, uh, universities, colleges, all these things, begging for cash, looking for money, all of these things. The government, I feel like the government is um, abandoning tertiary, tertiary education institutions. And here they are saying, oh, degrees are so important. You know, for any nation to make progress, you must have a, a cadre of people with specialized knowledge, mm. be it in economics, finance, medicine, whatever it is. You need to have these uh, groups. So even now when you are talking about the Leadership Academy, what is the intention? The intention is to give senior policemen specific uh, leadership skills. And one hopes that they'll actually take it to the next level. Mm. Maybe actually that academy should be taken to the level of the National Defense University in Kenya, whereby our soldiers get a... Uh, uh, bachelor's degrees and masters in peace security studies military sciences because you need our policemen to be very knowledgeable and professor kendiki spoke to this he said the future of policing is going to be knowledge driven so we must immerse ourselves in research in knowledge we must swim in that field so that we are very knowledgeable otherwise as a nation we are going to use our I mean, our, we will no longer be attractive to the international world. Let me tell you, at, at that police academy, I really, really hope they're getting psychological counseling services. Because if this year has taught us anything, it's that the cops are struggling. We're going to take a quick break. <laughs> he is here to cause. That's why I love it. He is a political analyst. He is the political analyst. Dismas Mokua at <laughs> Mokua Dismas on Twitter. And if you're on Twitter, you should be tweeting at 984 in the morning and at Sarit, Sarit your city, because... Because I have 8,000 shillings to give away. All you need to tell me is what you're going to be doing at Sarit this festive season. 98.4 Capital FM All right, Dismas, let's do this thing. 100 days. Today is the day. 100 days of um, President Ruto's reign. Can we call it a reign? Uh, from a diplomacy uh, perspective, administration. Uh, administration. <laughs> That's why that, you're completely non-diplomatic, by the way. But I like that. Okay, that uh, administration. Um, Hundred days. Is that from from when they they uh, took the last paper out of the box? From when he was sworn in? From when the fight ended? What, what's the story? 
you know it's not very clear in Kenya when you're talking about these hundred days. Is it from the time <laughs> President Ruto cast his ballot in the morning? Ah, at his, uh, no, poll. I would say no to that. Next, next it, option. When he was uh, declared winner. Depends. IBC. <laughs> Depends. Or when he was declared, or his win was affirmed by the Supreme Court. Or when he yeah. put together his uh, cabinet or principal secretary. Mm-hmm. It's amorphous. But generally speaking, is to review from the time he was sworn into office. Okay. What has he actually done, depending on uh, the deliverables? Mm-hmm. And in my view, it's uh, quite uh, erroneous to measure any president by the first uh, 100 days in office. And maybe we need to go to America and uh, Brazil. For instance, in those countries, the moment you, everybody knows you are president, you've got about uh, two months to put together a transition team, to put together your cabinet. Like, for instance, the new president in Brazil, uh, President-elect De Silva, is actually named his uh, cabinet. He's even coming up with uh, budgetary proposals. But uh, he's going to assume office the 1st of January. In the U.S., after you have your elections uh, early in November, you only become a president uh, early in January. So you've got a uh, sufficient time to crystallize your thoughts and everything else. But in Kenya, I think you are thrown into the deep end immediately. And uh, for some reason, I think when you're president-elect in Kenya, the experience you have is nobody has got an appetite to even uh, come up with these uh, nominees before taking office. Although Mr. Raila Odinga did when he said uh, in my administration I'm going to have uh, Mr. Munya and I'm going to have Mr. Oparanya, but majority of the leaders uh, do not seem to have that very high appetite. And then, because we've got very strong institutions and uh, systems, even when you assume office, you come up with these names, they still have to be, they have to go the vetting process. So you send the names to the National Assembly, and then uh, Kenyans are invited to give their opinions or views, you know, suggestions about the nominees. So it takes uh, a while. But uh, in my view, when you look at what President uh, Ruto has done, there are some things he promised he was going to do on day one. The administrative things. For instance, the judges who are not yet been appointed to office, I think he did it on uh, day two. And then he gave the National Police Service uh, financial autonomy uh, soon uh, soon after. Then uh, people had been complaining about the education system in Kenya. He put together a task force. Then he also moved uh, levers to give the judiciary financial autonomy. So things which required uh, simply administrative action, he did. A few yeah, days the ago, easy stuff. Yeah. A few days ago, he launched the Hustler Fund. Now, the reason why... <laughs> did you apply? Yeah. The, the reason why you're calling the easy stuff... It's because uh, we have got this uh, 2010 constitution, which does not allow personalities to become more powerful than uh, institutions. So you remember he gave out his list of uh, nominees for principal secretaries. A concerned Kenyan said, wait a minute, I'm unhappy with this. Mm-hmm. The, 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 I mean, the party went to court and uh, it was uh, put on ice for a while. You also remember the matter of the chief administrative secretaries. The, the matter is still uh, in court. And also President Ruto has indicated in black and white there is no angel. If he does anything and you are unhappy, please go to court. And then, uh, you know, the judges or magistrates will render uh, an opinion. But whose cost? Who's paying for that? Those legal fees? Please go to court. It's expensive. There should be be a level below that. uh, My understanding is that most of these are public interest uh, litigation. So So every party takes care of the bill. Mm-hmm. And you know, majority of people, in fact, are happy to, to go to court because of uh, then you go to the chapters of history. But uh, you know, when you're looking at a state, what are those uh, three things, the building pillars of any, any state? The first one is you have to have the defense, security, stability. The second one is economic stability. 
the third one is uh, political stability. A few days ago in South Africa, when they had the elective conference, for a few days the rand lost to the international currency because people did not know whether or not uh, uh, President Ramaphosa was going to retain his position. But in Kenya, we've got uh, political stability and we must thank ourselves. that Even during the transition, when uh, Mr. Chebukati was being accused of all manner of things, when uh, the Chirara 4 were being accused, we maintained our uh, political stability. So that one, uh, I mean, he has maintained that political stability. Then also there's the economic stability and the military stability. However, what does the average Kenyan expect from President Ruto? The average Kenyan who is sleeping on an empty stomach will not wait for 100 days will not mm. even wait for one year. Because, you know, when you're running on an empty stomach, you even abandon logic, you want food. And you cannot say that, uh, wait a minute, my first budget is coming uh, next year, I'm going to have all these reforms. So there's room for the president to initiate the short-term quick reforms so that, uh, you know, morale and Jiko do not uh, sleep on an empty stomach. 98.4 Capital FM Indeed, nothing really matters to the 1.8 million Kenyans who have been forced to leave their homes in search of food, water and shelter. We are experiencing the worst drought ever in 40 years and it will continue. The UNHCR has partnered with Safaricom in an incredible campaign called Bonga for Life. This is where you come in. You don't need to leave your bed. You don't even need to leave your house. All you need to do is use your bonga points to support this UNHCR initiative, Bonga for Life, and put food in empty tummies. Simply dial star 126 hash, select Lipana Bonga points, select pay bill, text the business number 329-378. That's 329-378. Text bonga under the account name, Add your amount and enter your Mpesa pin. All right, Mr. Makwa, you're back. You're at <laughs> that. Let's let's talk food security. Let's talk uh, drought prevention. I mean, it's not prevention, but because humans are stupid. But um, we're talking hundred days. What has the president done in the hundred days in regards to food security? And don't tell me he's waved off a couple of trucks, please. <laughs> you know, one of the key success factors of any president anywhere in the world is that food security. Mm-hmm. You recall when uh, any president takes office, but looking at the Kenyan uh, author of office, the president raises his uh, Bible and says, I'm going to protect lives and property. So when you're going to protect lives, it means that uh, you're talking about uh, human beings who are alive and they need food. Mm-hmm. So there's no way a president anywhere in the world will go to bed, sleep comfortably for eight hours or four hours, if majority of the population is yawning away, is uh, starving. So food security, in my view, is a key success factor. And it's unfortunate that in Kenya, for a, a long time, we have always relied on uh, rain-fed agriculture. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have uh, rains coming in good time, then uh, people are going to have uh, food security challenges. But what happens to other countries like uh, Israel? They've uh, gone to the next level. And you know from independence, members of our National Assembly have been on benchmarking trips every single day. National Assembly, county assemblies, governors, all of them, they go to Israel to find out how this nation attained uh, food security. But for some reason, we are not able to translate that uh, learning to the Kenyan situation. 
So I don't know whether they just go and collect up IDMs and take photos <laughs> and go to the only places, then uh, come back. Have some instead, falafel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, what President Russo has done has uh, said <coughs> that uh, instead of offering a subsidy to consumption, it's going to be in uh, production. So that the cost of uh, production is significantly reduced and then the cost of food is going to be reduced. And then he has said that uh, if for some reason there are critical issues that uh, need to be addressed, he has created uh, the office of the Prime Cabinet Secretary where people can actually go and share their concerns and uh, frustrations so that the same is captured into a legal framework and eventually becomes law. So in my view, the first step is ensuring that uh, we reduce the cost of uh, production in Kenya. And then, you know, we keep on comparing ourselves with uh, our neighbors, Uganda, Tanzania, Rwanda, Burundi. How come the cost of production is uh, much lower? We realize that, uh, like, for instance, the entire of Uganda is 100% arable. I mean, you can engage in farming, but in Kenya, it's um, it's not 100%. It's a fairly small portion. But at the end of the day, Mura doesn't care how much land in Kenya is available for farming. All she wants to do is to have food in her tummy. You've been elected, you're a leader, please sort out uh, the issue. And also President Ruta has indicated that now we need to abandon this idea that everything has to be rain-fed. Let's go to, let, let's say go to you know, irrigation and be more ingenious. And one hopes, while well, hope is not a strategy, but one hopes that uh, <laughs> by the end of uh, five years, we are not going to rely on uh, rain-fed agriculture. And we are going to reduce the cost of production, the cost of fertilizer, the cost of seeds, the cost of uh, extension services, all that need to be reduced. But in my view, we can take it to the next level. Do you know majority of Kenyans actually have not socialized with uh, commercial farming? Majority of the Kenyans don't know what commercial farming is. Mm. Why can't we as a nation go to countries with heavy commercial farming like New Zealand and Australia and America and get maybe 10 heavy commercial farmers? Then they come to Kenya, we give them land so that we can learn uh, from the best. Because it, it, there's a sense that when we engage in commercial farming, most people do it for emotional purposes. They don't do it for the profit or for the dollar. You've got a piece of land uh, back in the village in Kisi, a very small piece of land. So you want to keep a cow, you want to keep goats, you want to keep chicken and everything else. So we must go to commercial farming. I can see you're frowning. We must no, no, no. I'm, I'm just. You're mm. just reminding me of a story. Didn't Didn't Zambia or Namibia do that with the um, the the farmers chased away from Zimbabwe? They They were given land and and told make it work. Yeah, and I think it's Zambia which now has got a maize surplus. Mm. Why can't we do the same in Kenya? We have all this land. You can, you know, in uh, in those parts of the world, you get a, that a, a family, a generation. The great grandfather was a commercial farmer, so it's a uh, it's some sort of a uh, DNA. Why can't we bring those people to Kenya and then uh, we give them land? We give them whatever they want to do. I know land is a motive issue in Kenya, but you give them land, and then we establish farmer field schools so that we can go to we can go on site and actually understand what farming is all about, so that we can have affordable and available foodstuffs. Also, uh, I love that food is not uh, food. Hope is not a strategy. Yeah, it cannot be. I love that. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk about um, the 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 office of the first daughter. <laughs> we'll be right here on ninety eight point four Capital <laughs> FM. Get ready. Ninety eight point four Capital FM. 
as we slowly wrap up our uh, debate at Mokua Dismas on Twitter. Dismas Mokua in here, political analyst, talking through the 100 days of President Ruto's uh, administration. It does he is this something we've made up as press and uh, as as a nation uh, or as a globe actually the 100 days mark do do you think he's sitting there going like ooh let me let me look at my to-do list well i, I think it's uh, globally every administration which comes to office people want to see what are the key gains during your first 100 days which in my view is not realistic mm. it needs to be given at least uh, one year but so far i think he's made good progress so in a year uh, we can sit down again and talk this through and now review with uh, numbers. You know, people say numbers don't lie. You will now have a nice dashboard and a scorecard, and you can now have a very critical review because at that stage, everything will be very clear. You love is, uh, I mean, the cabinet will have done about uh, maybe about a year. Everybody would have started for about a year, so you'll actually be able to see whether he has aligned financial resources, human capital to meet the uh, his manifest objectives that is the plan so that will be a very very good time my problem Dismas is that you know we we all work in jobs us mere mortals and when you don't hit your KPIs you don't uh, match that job description you're not doing it yeah you're you're called in and you're given a warning letter two three then you're fired yeah but but you know most of the time uh, especially in the corporate sector your probation is normally three months so within three months, they want to form a view whether or not you've been a, a success. But in a political system, especially in Kenya, you have uh, five years. Okay, although you can engage in massive uh, public demonstrations, uh, picketing, but the only time you can fire somebody who is not delivering is five years. Although there is uh, a provision for recalling some elected members of the National Assembly and Senate, but probability of that happening is almost uh, zero. All right. So 100 years, maybe too early to tell. 100 years? Let's, 100 days. Did I say 100 years? <laughs> Feels like it. Honestly, this, these 100 days feel so long. But maybe that's just that's just me. 98.4 Capital FM Dismas, I'm, I might uh, kick you out, but I know there's a story that you really, really want to touch on. For me, it's such a tough, tough story. Tell us about it. You know, it's simply because this story of uh, baby Sagini has taken place in uh, my village. Okay. Uh, I mean, I was born and brought up in uh, the same neighborhood. So it's actually despicable that uh, you've got a certain group of people who can engage in this kind of uh, voodoo thinking. Whatever the issue is, you cannot subject such a young boy to this kind of, uh, you know, I, I got an A in English, but I don't have the right word to yeah. describe this thing. So it's really unacceptable. However, there's a gentleman who stands out, Professor Kiage. He's an ophthalmologist. This guy who study eyes into detail. He came in, he quickly assisted and sort of solved the situation. Because I understand without his intervention, it could have uh, been worse. And in my view, these are the kind of people who need to be recognized and uh, who need uh, state commendation because he went the extra mile. And you know, because uh, I spend a good part of my life promoting Kenya as a medical destination, I did a bit of research about his hospital and it's a kind in the region. But uh, be that as it may, the law enforcement officers in Kisi must go the extra mile. If there's a boulder, there's a rock to be moved, the architects of this uh, crime must be brought to book. If you haven't heard about it, oof, cover your ears. It's uh, it's the case of the three-year-old boy whose eyes were gouged, gouged out. Um, it's just, just horrendous. But so far, nothing has been... Arrests have been made, though. Yeah, arrests have been made, but uh, you, you know what the Kenyans are expecting? Especially, you know, people with an insurable interest is to see justice, the wheels of justice, justice moving at 100 kilometers per mm. hour 
instead of the 20 kilometers per hour. Because it's a three-year-old boy, because it's such a heinous crime, and uh, yeah, it just it feels horrendous. Actually, you know, for me, age is not even material because we are talking about a, a human being, but now this boy being three years, amazing talent, a bright future, and then a fella walks from the woodwork, decides to disable him. You, you know, this kid when they were in hospital, she said to I think one of the guardians, "I'd like to see." Mm-mm. It's really unacceptable. And you know at some stage, because now uh, sometimes you have to abandon logic and become emotional, why can't you have a piece of uh, regulation or law that if somebody found guilty of this inhuman act is not sent to jail for 1,500 years, but uh, faces, you know... I don't know. You're talking about an eye for an eye, and that's very, very dangerous uh, thinking, I think, because who is to decide? And we have to, for a political analyst, analyst such as yourself, you, you, you have to believe in the rule of law, and you have to believe in, um, you know, what we have. You, eye for an eye business is, is dangerous. Obviously it is, but uh, again, you know, I'm just giving it a global view. We also need to get these professionals, I don't know what they're called, psychologists, really to understand what would motivate an equally mm. young boy to go look for a knife or a hammer, whatever it is. But Dismas, it all leads back to the same thing. It's, it's the, it's, first of all, it's uh, awareness of mental health issues. It's desperation, I'm sure. It's, um, I don't know, it's the state of the, 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 the boy child in Kenya at the moment as well. It's, it's a whole plethora of things. You know, there's an explanation Institu- to that. Institutional, right? Yeah, there's some people when they want to insult you, they can't do it while they're sober. So they go drink, insult you, and mm. then say, wait a minute, I was mm. intoxicated. Mm. My apologies. But they've already insulted you. So I, I don't know whether maybe if you're suffering from food security or insecurity, whatever it is, you can actually go that extra mile. Because this looks like it was uh, well planned. Mm. It was not uh, abrupt. So in my view, the local administration... The you know the law enforcement officers have to, and then I'm hoping that uh, these are Professor Kiage and other you know these are medical doctors they can actually get a way of assisting this young man manage the situation, because you can imagine your grandmother told you go to the spring fetch some water, then uh, your eyesight is perfect, then a few minutes later, gone. Poor little boy. I've got a lovely story about uh, a three-year-old I met yesterday. I have to tell you this story as well. But for now, Dismas, I'm going to have to kick you out. I'm so sorry. Thank I'm you so, so much. <laughs> just going <laughs> to come I'm, move but in. But I'm glad for the opportunity because we've uh, compared notes on very highly motivating issues, topical issues, Dismas, and sometimes you, controversial. You will come back because I know you're never afraid uh, afraid to uh, to say what you feel. At Makua Dismas on Twitter, if you loved it, and even if you didn't, he's open <laughs> to chat. Thank you so much, Dismas, and have a brilliant Christmas. Asante, same to you. 98.4 Capital FM.